1: Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray and I am your host and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We want to thank you all for coming in and beginning your day with us and your weekend with us and it's a big day here on Rocky Top for sure. We obviously have a big game later on today. Oh, yeah. And I'm very excited about that. Very excited to be getting over there and tailgating and having a bunch of fun. But, you know, what we're going to do today is continue with the Vol Nation series. The Vol Nation series, as you all know, was developed uh, by the Housing Hour for the Vol fan. The Vol fan that wants to, you know, hear from some people in our community that maybe have had, um, Some experience and some careers outside of football that absolutely are devout, you know, Tennessee fans. And we also, of course, we've had Butch Jones, we've had Inky Johnson, Fouad Reves, Bob Kessling. Um, we've had some good ones, you know, so today, um, we are going with what. I would say is probably the most famous of the ones that we've talked to so far, and that is David Keith. He's kind of from the first family of UT football, if you will. Um, thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Oh,
2: thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. And you all know David Keith. Everybody, he's absolutely beloved in the Knoxville community. Uh, just a long career in acting. He's been in a lot of fantastic movies. Um, he also had a Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting Actor in uh, one of your movies. And I think that one of the things I like about David the most is how down to earth he is. We've been talking off air here for a little bit and just a real likable guy. And that's what Vol nation is all about. It's about just down to earth, kind of do what you have to do, Blue-collar people.
3: Superstar that comes back to Knoxville, goes on the sidelines, and and cheers the Vols just like a regular fan. That's what is so impressive.
1: He was doing it before Ashley Judd was doing it. I can promise (laughs) you that. (laughs) So anyway, let's start with the first question, which is, and and I want to talk about um, about Vol Nation, about UT. I want to also talk about your career. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then also, let's talk um, in maybe the remaining time that we have. Hopefully, we'll have plenty of time about what you think what's going on right now with our balls. So I know just because I've done a little bit of studying on you, I know that that the orange blood runs deep. I believe that I read that your father... Um, Lem is is it, is it is that how you pronounce it? Lem, Lem, Lem uh, His father took him to his first game in 1937. Is that correct?
2: That's true. And then my yeah. grandfathers were going. You know, just after the turn of the century. Mm. I think there was wow. just you just sat on a bank back then and and watched them a grassy bank. I don't know if on the north side. Yeah, I right think where the the, the the original wasn't the original field where the nur- old nursing building was before they tore that. Oh, I don't. I think that... it was. I think it was on the corner of Philip Fulmer and and uh, and. Uh,
1: cumberland okay well uh, talk about vol nation and and your history with it and i mean everybody knows you sees you on the sidelines knows that you were doing that and saw me on the sidelines. yeah Yeah, but mike
2: hamilton took my sidelines pass away about eight (laughs) years ago well, okay, we need to get that back.
1: Uh-huh. I'll call my card after this and get that. Home. <laughs> we won a national championship, day part my rather. Day. I was <laughs> yeah, there on the sidelines for that, but I, I, it, it
2: runs very deep in my family. I mean, like I said, my grandfathers were both going before they were even thinking about being my grandfather. Right. And uh, my dad and and grandfather went to the and both grandfathers went to every game every Saturday. And and if we lost, I'd listen on on to, with my granny Keith. I'd listen on the radio and my mm-hmm. sister. And I knew if we lost that you didn't go around Dad till about Wednesday. He, 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 and, and, and in retrospect, he took it too seriously, but yeah. so did I. So do, it, so it, it was, I. It was absolutely, you know, a defeat was crushing. And uh, I remember in, in my adult life, we had just lost to Florida again, and, and uh, I, just had my, <laughs> I just had a baby girl, and I walked in, and I said, you know what, Dad, it just doesn't hurt, hurt as bad this time. Yep. And he said, well, you're getting used to it. <laughs> which is not a good sign but uh no i started i i when i was uh I guess 1967 i was 13 years old and going to the games with dad wasn't enough so i called over there and got myself a job with the equipment manager so i, I worked practice that spring who does that really I mean, then, at and, 13 <laughs> and then i did it again as a, as a volunteer manager in the spring of 68 and then that fall of 68 the first game on doug's rug there mm. the George. The tie with Georgia when we came back scored eight points with no mm. seconds left and yeah and tied them seventeen seventy. That was my first game on the sideline. So I was on the sidelines from then until a junior in high school, and then I went on to become a an, you know an actor at university theater department in Clarence Brown and, and acted in plays. And so I had a rehearsal or a matinee every Saturday afternoon. I missed a lot of football mm. during those four years and left in seventy eight and came back in eighty. And um, uh, it was actually a, a Georgia game, the Herschel Walker-Georgia game. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Herschel Walker-Bill oh, yeah. Bates-Georgia yeah. game. The Bill Bates got and ran And they had invited me to be in the in the press box, and I just – Doug was up there with Doug Dickey, and he, I just said, Doug, I'm I just not going to be able to wash from up here. i got to mm-hmm. get back down on the sidelines. So when I got down there, Cafago said, well, let me get you a coach's uniform. You can just be down here every any game you want to. So from 1980 <laughs> until uh, – let's see – I guess about eight years ago they finally revoked my sidelines pass and but I was on the side I was on there for quite a number of years and got hit a few times and stepped on some fingers on purpose sometimes
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well the the piece that I watched when you were being interviewed you were very vocal um, and you were it appeared that you were down maybe uh, down towards the sidelines when the the team was maybe at midfield, I suppose. But you were very vocal and you could tell your passion. You could tell that you were just in In you were they were trying to interview at one point and you kept turning back around because they were still playing. You're like, well, let's just do this after maybe a timeout or whatever. So tell me a little bit about why it is, in your opinion. And it's so hard to put a finger on it. But what is it about the orange that makes us go so crazy? I mean, I'll just tell you for myself, I can remember the very first game I went to rolling down there with my dad and, and, and the smells and the sights and the sounds. And I, I'm sure maybe at Ohio State and USC and at Georgia, Alabama, maybe there's other kids that had that same experience. But I promise it's not the same. I, I don't know what it is, but can you talk to that? I have a theory. Hmm. Um,
2: most of the people in, this, in the mountainous area, the, the Appalachians, Appalachians, as Johnny Knoxville calls us, Appalachian Americans, um, <laughs> most, of our, our, most of us came, our ancestors were the guys in Braveheart. Basically, you give them, <laughs> oh. give them a stick and a rock and point out the enemy, and they want to go to war. Well, mm. we don't have a war really for all of us to wage, man, women, and children, except for all Georgia, the time. Georgia. So we wage football. Right. Um, it's it's more it's it's like a war. It's like it, winning and losing are ex- so, so much more extreme in our in our psyches in our makeup and our in our souls than it is in other people. Mm. I think I think that's the I Appalachian. That american in us and uh and beyond further back than that it's the scottish american is it are you defining us as rednecks Mm. Is that? No, no, no! I think it only takes one hillbilly
1: to whip about ten rednecks. <laughs> 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 well, that, wow! I've never even thought about that because I definitely have some, some, some Irish, some Scottish, and yeah, you know, Welsh. Oh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I can see that. I have no doubt that there's some truth to that. Because in another thing is, I, I look at your cousin, of course, Mike Keith, who is the voice of the Titans, mm-hmm. future voice of the Vols, maybe. But anyway, I see him and I see what he does. And I look, even Bob Kessling, for instance, and they make the calls and they play it. You know, if I were doing that job, I would be devastated if we lost. But, but yet Mike, your cousin and, and Bob, yeah, they they're able to it. continue on and, and, and sound so professional. I mean, I would just be like, yeah, the game was pretty good. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. I have so much respect for people that can do that. But when, like in that game where you were um, being highlighted in this interview that you gave, we beat Mississippi that day. We were going on to play Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl. Those were the days where we were winning. Mm-hmm. You remember those days. Those were the balls of the past. Yeah. Hopefully of the future. Yeah, and the future, sure. I mean, we'll we've be been back. spoiled here in Vol Nation. You You saw a yeah, lot of winning games. It,
2: and it happens everywhere. You know, people... People in Georgia, you know, Georgia's being real successful right now. But but my cousins who go there are all they can talk about is we're 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 never the best. We're yeah, we're pretty good, but we're never the best, and they're disgruntled about it. Mm. I mean, we would give anything to have tennis, to have Georgia's record, Absolutely. you know, I Georgia's talent and so forth right now. But then mm-hmm. and, and we will have. But I, I just hope that the people in Knoxville are realistic because that zeal that I talked about earlier. Uh, and the other reason that Tennessee football is so big is it's the biggest game in town. It's right. almost the only game in town. There's high school football, and then there's the Vols. Right, that's you know, even, they're
1: even bigger than the Titans as far as oh the state way of Tennessee. bigger, way right. bigger
2: than, than mm-hmm. in this part of the state. But you know you you can't get your let that zeal make you have get your expectations. Uh, you know off of not reality based. We're going
1: to win every game. That's what I, my <laughs> hope
2: was to win six games this this season. Okay. And to do that, we've got to beat Auburn and we've got to beat Vanderbilt. And those two are very, very big ifs. Mm-hmm. But if we can go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game, we have had a wildly successful season. Mm-hmm. If we don't get better quarterback play, we will not win those two games.
1: Yeah, well, you know, my, as much as I like Worley, and he's a really nice kid, but he came out of South Carolina, and guess who did not recruit him at all? South Carolina or, um, Clemson neither one of them were even on their radar but I think that he has the ability to put together a win against Georgia and you know Georgia fans and you probably know this you said you knew some it's like they forget they forget just a few short 24 hours ago they're like Peyton Man. who's Peyton Manning never heard of him is he a football player you know I mean they forget just about how much we dominated them Mm -hmm. in the past all those games that you saw did you get to know Johnny Major as much
2: oh yeah yeah Yeah, Johnny Arnold.
1: talk about your relationship with Johnny
2: he was great, when they first made a rule that uh, they'd said to him that they wanted to take me off the sidelines, and he called me in to to have lunch with me over the one well, lunch with him over the training table, and he told me about that. He said, "But I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do." He said, "I'm going to keep you there, but just try to try to be at the twenties, mm-hmm. either one twenty or the other, and right. don't walk along next to me like you have been. Because you <laughs> if you're if you're right there in the box, if you're right there in the box, then the SEC is going to say something to us about it. But if you're down there where the other people stand, I said, okay." So I stood there for a while, and a few years passed, and there I was next to Coach Fulmer up and down the sidelines <laughs> yeah, right, again. Exactly. So, uh,
1: but I mean, Johnny Majors, what a passionate guy! You probably share a lot of those same. That's probably where you got some of your passion, actually.
2: Um, I I didn't need to get it from anywhere. I've had to, I have yeah. too much for the room as it is. I right. mean, every Saturday is like having a, 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 a. I wouldn't say my mother or dad, but just in the next circle of relatives in major surgery every mm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't tailgate. I don't socialize about the game. It is I, I go about 15 minutes before kickoff. I don't want to talk to the people around me. They all want to talk to me. I do you not want to <laughs> like have That's a conversation. I want to concentrate on every play. My little 11 year old daughter, you know, she'll be talking to her friend. I say, Presley, you can talk between plays, but you cannot talk when you see them line up. Then stop talking. Then after plays over, you can talk again.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, <laughs> my my wife it dies when she has to watch a game of me because the DVR. A lot of times, I'm I'm literally stopping the play in the middle of the live play, and that kills. her. you you and I couldn't watch a game together. I can promise you that. Sorry. Mark. Well, what happened during? Well, the we years? could as long as you didn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you
3: do in the years where you were doing films? I mean, you were pulling them out. I had in, right. it was in my helicopter. Uh, in. Uh, it was
2: in my um, contract that I had to be able to make a, a red eye on Friday night. No. Back to where yeah. where the Vols played on Saturday. Seriously, cuz oh, he was awesome. yeah.
3: when he was recording doing these movies, you were back on the sidelines and, you know,
2: and they were shooting Saturday. So they had to shoot stuff I wouldn't in on Saturday. <laughs>
1: Well, that that takes it. See, and that's what I'm talking about. I, you know, I don't know. There may be other Hollywood stars that did things like that, but that I think because it's so important, it was important to be in Knoxville, back to where you came from. Not to use a uh, country song, but it is. I mean, those country songs. Is there something about them? I don't even like country, but when I hear that well, song, it's not
2: country anymore. So you don't even need to call it that. There you go. The stuff on IVK.
1: When I hear Kenny, <laughs> when I hear Kenny Chesney, that song "Back Where I Came From" isn't. Didn't he sing that song? Yeah. There's just, I get chill bumps. Yeah. It's you a great know? song. That's and, a country song. <laughs> and there's just so much about that. Well, we got about two minutes left in this segment. And when we get back from the break, let's talk a little bit more about Vol Nation. We'll talk a little bit about some of the movies that you were in. And I'd love for you to tell that story about the kind of the cover story for some of your characters that you've played in the past when you had the ability to do that. <laughs> you always snuck some orange in there. And I think that's fantastic. Oh, that cool. um, and you know, guys, this is the Vol Nation series. And we've got all of these great series, all of them cut up, put together in one place on our website, uh, thehousinghour.com, and you can go locate the um, information there and and share that with friends or family. So we have it located on our website. As a matter of fact, it's a tab, right? It's a tab at the top. The Vol Nation Series. So you can locate it there. And follow us also on Facebook. We're on facebook.com slash thehousinghour and on Twitter at thehousinghour.com. We're just over 1,000 followers uh, because of Mark. He's been really kicking it out there. Trying to
3: work to see if this Twitter thing actually do you tweet out. You no. Okay, okay. Well, then I I can't follow him.
1: <laughs> That's right. So definitely follow us there, and 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 we are on all the other social media networks as well. And I will give a plug for my new website, JustGoVols. dot com. I love it. JustGoVols.com Just something I'm Messing around with uh, Where I also have The Vol Nation series As well And have some news feeds It's not that big a deal But it's something I enjoy doing uh, We're here with David Keith A long time Vol Vol for life um, Actor extraordinaire um, Quite a history In Hollywood Where he's talking About Vol Nation Why Knoxville Is you know, such a great place And why he's so Passionate about the Vols And he talked about Braveheart Which is an amazing Analogy And I absolutely agree Actually 100% with that So guys stick with us This has been a great show We'll continue to be one and we'll be right back after these messages.
4: Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com.
2: Nice, cool fall evenings are one thing East Tennessee is famous for. But what if I told you there was a way to make them even better? Hi, I'm Brantley Rivers with Acme Block & Brick, and we can transform your backyard to make it even more comfortable on those fall nights with an outdoor living space. When your friends stop by or you need to entertain some football fans for a big game, your stone fire pit or new outdoor living space built with Belgard pavers would be the perfect way to relax and enjoy the crisp fall evenings. Come visit us at Acme Block & Brick and let our helpful, friendly staff show you how it's done. They'll take you all the way through the design process to the completion of your project. Hurry and get your outdoor space you've been dreaming of. Come see us today at one of our three locations in Kingston, Crossville, or Alcoa. Or you can find us online at acmeblockandbrick.com.
3: See what a little star- matters and mortgage investors group wants to help you with all your home financing needs whether it's a purchase or refinance our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options so call us today 800-489-8910 or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com mortgage investors group your home loan solution for the past
1: 23 years tennessee mortgage license number 109111 Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, the host of The Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host, Mark Griffith, every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. as we bring you the latest news and current issues regarding the housing market. Also, check out our website, thehousinghour.com, for a treasure trove of information. So join us each week and keep up with the why and why not of mortgage lending. The Housing Hour is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9 a.m. on News Talk 98.7. Great. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage?
5: First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do.
0: There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify. Hi, it's Phil Williams, and I want you to join me on an 11-day classic Italy tour from YMT Vacations. We'll depart for the eternal city of Rome on April 3rd, and we'll visit Vatican City. We'll see the Sistine Chapel and St. Peter's Square. We'll see the Colosseum and throw a coin in the Trevi Fountain. Travel the Umbrian countryside to Orvieto and Florence. We'll visit Pisa, Bologna, and Venice. We'll also visit Verona and take a cruise on Lake Maggiore, and explore the art and fashion of Milan before heading home. It's an amazing trip from $28.99 plus taxes. And that price includes hotels, airfare from Knoxville, some meals, sightseeing, and much more. Call YMT Vacations. I'm excited. 800-888-8204. Again, the number is 800-888-8204. Join me and other News Talk 98.7 listeners on this amazing trip to Italy. We're going to have a great time. Call now before space fills up. 800-888-8204.
6: This is Halloran. I'm going (gasps) to hold my breath all weekend to see what Congress does, and then we'll talk about it on Monday. Go Vols. We put the bacon of truth on the frying pan of talk starting at 530. The Halloran Hilton Hill Morning Show. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray
0: continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it.
1: Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray here with uh, Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. And we also have with us David Keith, longtime Vol fan, actor, um, also, I think, director as well for a couple of projects. Um, and we're talking to uh, Dave just about a lot of different things. But actually, one of the, the most important things that we wanted to learn from him is why is Vol Nation so special? Why is this area so passionate about the Orange and he gave a really good analogy and, and explained it in a way that I had never heard it explained before. But, he, you know, we talked about, you know, the Appalachian people and, and how passionate we are and how, you know, the Braveheart kind of line uh, came down. And you saw how they were so passionate about their, you know, land. And we don't have wars today. So that's well, one that's thing how we do.
3: volunteers got their name, because yep. every time they were fighting war, right, fighting war.
1: Yeah, yep. that's true. And so. We'll continue to talk about that. This is going pretty smoothly, so I want to throw in a couple other things. I wanted to talk to you about how it was working with some of these these actors that you've had to work with, because you seem like a very down-to-earth person, and I know that some of the people you worked with were certainly down-to-earth, but there's others that are probably a little bit crazy, I would say. But like Matthew McConaughey, how was it working with with him, for instance? Matthew was
2: great. Um, I wasn't sort of one of Matthew's posse, because I had my now-wife, then-girlfriend, and we, we just, we lived in Rome and I worked two weeks out of two and a half months and we had an apartment on the river and we just lived like Italians. We had a bunch of Italian friends and, and I, you know, I hung out with the guys once or twice, but, but they, they were like a, a, a pack of Americans that ate only at American restaurants and, uh, and, and, and hung out together. You wanted to experience evening. it. And, and, you know, it was great working with them, but, uh, but I was,
1: I was in love and kind of on a pre-honeymoon. <laughs> right. And, and you know, that's something that I look at in our business that we work in and just watching professionals in the real estate community like your wife, Nancy. I mean, there there's a real kind of um, skill set that goes along with being an actor, just like there would be a realtor or a loan officer. And it depends upon, you know, how successful that you want to be or how long you want to be in it. So... Some of the times I think that I just, this is just from the outside looking in. Sometimes people are acting and they want to conquer the world. They want to be in every single movie that comes out. They're constantly out there trying so hard and, and they run themselves into really, I think, a situation where they, they, they burn out. So, how did you handle that in your career? Cause you, I'm looking at you were in movies. I guess I didn't get
2: enough jobs to burn out, but, yeah. uh, but it just, it, I guess my philosophy about acting and, and show business was it was it was a career choice. It wasn't about it. Did not validate me one way or another as a mm-hmm. human being. I was very solid and the way I have, always have been. The way I feel about myself and and I, so if I didn't get a part, you know, that, that was their loss. Right, right. <laughs> and if I if I did get a part, great. God blessed me, you know, and and uh, God was allowed me to have a, a a very enriched, very broad life and. um As I say, he let me have recess for 35 years. (laughs) Uh, Now in in the final or the third chapter of my life, um, my charity, Protect.org, passes stricter laws on child molesters. And and we are currently just graduating our first class of heroes, human exploitation rescue operatives. They are uh, disabled special forces veterans who are being trained to be cyber cops. And they will rescue children online from predators, uh, some of them from their wheelchairs.
1: From the um, United States or all over the world? States, okay. United
2: States. They're going to be, they'll be Homeland Security investigative agents all across the country. And they were, wow. they were wounded Special Forces veterans. Or so tell us Special that Forces website veterans.
1: again Protect.org. Now, this um, this this passion now that you're taking on and in, in being involved in this, um, what sparked that interest? Obviously, it would be my interest too, but you tell know, me how you I, got into that.
2: Once I found out that there were people, that people were actually hurting children, and, and I'm talking about sodomizing infants okay Mm. that's how bad it is for fun that simply is the worst thing in the world that is the worst evil in the world hurting innocents for fun Mm. so that became my enemy and just like the guys in Braveheart you know I got a stick and a rock and I went out looking for them and uh, basically I started lobbying for laws in Nashville in, in 2004 and discovered that protect was doing that in a couple of other states, and we joined forces and and, uh, have been doing it for 10 years now.
1: So just our listeners, um, what can our listeners do to support this effort? Donate. Go to protect.org
2: and donate money. You can donate to the 501c4, which is non-tax deductible, but it goes right to the front lines of lobbying and passing stricter laws on child molesters around the country and in Washington. We draft and passed the two largest crime bills in the last decade, the the Protect Act in 2008 and the – Child Protection Act of 2012.
1: Would it be helpful to sign the petition that you maybe have? There's,
2: there's a petition on. There's a petition online. I'm pretty sure it's still there. It's also, uh, you know, donate now button. You can donate to the four or you can donate to the 501c3, which is 100 tax tax deductible. And the 501c3 is doing the hero program.
1: Okay. And what if you are somebody who maybe has some law enforcement in their background? Maybe they have the. You'll ability will love what we're doing. Tell them we how are, they can get involved. We in that. are
2: beefing up. Um, we're well. We don't give cops jobs but we're trying to to change the the flow of of money in law enforcement so that more of it is dedicated to child rescue and child protection mm-hmm. um for instance in the fbi there's 1180 uh dedicated white collar crime agents in the fbi there's 16 child protection agents in the fbi whoa
3: that, that, that that's is a, yeah. a it's
2: horrible dis- dis- disparity and uh, we're trying to change that uh, that's what we're trying to do in washington but um not just the fbi it's it's it, children in trouble uh get very little uh recognition you know you think it's because they don't have money and they don't vote but neither do whales and trees and you know <laughs> uh, but they get a That's lot true. of a lot of attention um uh, That's a good point yeah you know peta preventional cruelty to animals has over two million members we've got like eighteen thousand. so <laughs> what's what's that about? Yeah, you know, just just not enough uh, people want to stick their head in the sand. When so they we'll get how, that up on the website.
1: Yeah. We'll put that out and I'll tweet it out too.
2: Yeah. Great, thank
1: you. Yeah, protect. and you, if you org. think about it, you think about you know, of course, all across the world, you know, you see the movies like The Slumdog Millionaire, and you're just devastated by what you see. But you know what? Those same exact things happen right here on our shores. Oh yeah, and there's you,
2: there's more. The yeah. the, the, the over fifty percent of the of the market for child pornography is the united states the oh, world market wow and uh and now instead of um now instead of buying it from commercial websites online with a credit card they're simply homemaking it with their own kids and trading it with other americans doing the same thing by the hundreds of thousands hmm. i mean it's it is mind-blowing the 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 numbers yeah and um
1: well, you know, in, in our last segment today, we'll be talking about uh, a movie that's coming up, um, and it's really, it's called Unacceptable Levels. That It's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an outstanding cause, but it also it goes in line with protecting kids. And so we're transitioning, you know, in the, from the Vol Nation series to the Protect Your Family series yeah. because we are the brave hearts of Knoxville. We want to fight these battles. And, you know, the thing about what Mark and I did when we first started this show was, you know what is the show going to be all about? Is it going to be a just about housing, or are we going to talk about real issues and, and really focus on what we can do? And, and we can't do much. We can only be a mouthpiece and help people like you who are out there on the front lines doing the work and trying to get the word out. So thank you for mentioning that. We'll definitely get the word cool. out on that. So, um, and so uh, the
2: reason I said that yeah. is now play period's over, and I'm 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 right. still doing some acting, but. Uh, but that's what I'm dedicating Chapter of the, 3 of my life to, one of that and things, raising my family.
3: Uh, one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier, I, I think it was off air, the fact that you you concentrated your life and your family here in this area. Right. Yeah. You
2: could have gone to L.A. Well, I could have stayed in L.A. I met my wife there, and uh, I met Nancy in L.A. She's from the real L.A., outside of Mobile. <laughs> and uh, uh, But we wanted to raise our family in the South, and uh, she said it was too hot down there, so we came back
1: here. <laughs> there you go. And you, you have a son, correct?
2: Yeah, I got it. I got it. I don't talk too much about my kids because of what I do with Protect. Sure. So I kind of, you know, yes, I have a family.
1: Right. Well, and that's because well, my my children, you know, I'm trying to teach them about what Rocky Top's all about and the Vols. And, oh, yeah. Well, and they see the good, bad, and different. you yeah. know. Well, it's the both of my kids' blood is orange. There you go. Um, now, you mentioned earlier, and I thought this was hysterical, um, and I knew this actually because of some of your work, but that when you had the opportunity to get a job in Hollywood or wherever it was, that... You know, if 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 the director or the producer or whatever was willing, tell that story about the orange. Well, the first
2: the first thing that comes up is I ask people if I'm, they want me to use my accent, and generally it's it's fine. You soften it a little bit so that it's not too hardcore hillbilly. But uh, <laughs> they sometimes they don't want me to use the accent, so yeah. I don't. And uh, that's it, it takes a little more concentration, of course, like anything if you're doing different from yourself. But if they don't mind the accent, then it's not long before I, I, I talk to him about the character's background, and maybe he's from Tennessee, maybe he's a Tennessee fan, maybe he's got a Tennessee helmet in the room, and maybe that's yeah. you know that can be in the background of a shot, or this or that. you know, Officer and a gentleman, I think the closest I had were some Tennessee uh, Adidas that were uh, white with orange stripes. I wore them in one, one scene. Were those Converse and or Adidas? They <laughs> were Adidas. They were Adidas, no,
1: it is. okay. Yeah. Because in that shot of the interview, there was a shot of you standing there with some with some really radical looking Converse, uh, orange Converse. In that shot, they were fantastic.
2: Well, now, they were maybe bat orange basketball shoes. Maybe they were. Yeah. They, they were. So, so they were whoever making their whoever yeah. were making their shoes then. But
3: well, uh, did you ever get anything in Heartbreak Hotel? Because that is yeah. to me no. the ultimate. You didn't. no.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think mean, Elvis was some, a Tennessee No, fan. There
1: was some there were some things that that you know you've been functions. too out
2: of character to do. You know if it works with the character great, if, but I'm not going to go against the character. Right. It.
1: Now Happy Days is in your filmography. Did you were you, did you actually have a couple of shows in Happy Days? I had one. I
2: ran against Richie Cunningham for class president.
1: No kidding. Yeah. That is incredible.
2: They show that just about every election day. Some channel will show it, you know, one of the one of the cable channels will show it. And
1: do that. you get that's a cool. PayPal uh pop for your for your residual on i don't that? think
2: anymore that <laughs> you know the residual is like a half-life thing it's it's always a portion of what you've made on the last check so when it gets down to this oh. you know the, the the price of a postage stamp they don't send them anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the other thing is of course you you had a nomination uh, for a golden globe
2: two golden globe nominations for the same role for best okay. new star and for best supporting actor an officer and a gentleman
1: how was that being at the golden globe sitting around the tables and and what was that what was that atmosphere like it was incredible i yeah. mean
2: it's just it was amazing it and, was...
1: and did you expect that you were going to win not win no or what i did were your not think
2: i would win and and uh i was uh it was just one big blur of a party back then. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't thinking about winning or losing. And my, I'm, it's I'm, an I'm honor to be nominated. Really, it is. And I've never been competitive in the acting world. Mm. My, I get all my yah out, you know, with the with sports. So,
1: well, how, how yeah. did you
2: get your break in acting? I mean,
3: you were at UT for four years. I, I
2: moved to New York, uh, saved up six hundred bucks, and moved to New York and slept on a friend's couch. And John Cullum from Knoxville, the great John Cullum, multi Tony award winning actor. Um, who you all probably remember from Northern Exposure. He's the guy that that owned the bar that had the young wife. Uh, John was directing his first play, and my grandmother found out about it from his sister here in Knoxville and wheedled his home phone number out of his sister, (laughs) gave it to me, and I called him at home and asked if I could try out for it. And he he said, I can get you an audition, but the producers will do the casting, So, and and the the writer, the, the Guy who wrote the book and wrote the guy who wrote the lyrics were partners and they were the producers and they would be picking the cast. But he got me an audition and it's called the Red Bluegrass Western Flyer Show. Oh wow! And I got the part and it was up in East Haddam, Connecticut. And we were slated to go to Broadway, but didn't get picked up to go. um But I got agents interested in me. Uh, the New York, New York Times gave me a nice mention and, and agents were interested in me for that. And uh, the next one uh that got so I told these six agencies. The first one to get me a part, you know, I'll sign with. And one of them got me a sitcom pilot uh, that was filming in L.A. and so that in 78, and I hit it out there.
1: Wow. Well, let me ask you this. We only have a few short remaining moments, two minutes left. But um, for the people out there, because there's a lot of kids today that, you know, they maybe they're not athletic. They, they aren't going to play it for the Vols. They're not going to be the starting quarterback. But, you know, they have a talent of acting. You know, they're very, you know, the drama, and they come up in high school. What advice would you give? This is probably a whole other segment, but what short – advice would you give for somebody to keep going and keep working and you you're a, a primary example of how successful you can be the, this is the advice i would give
2: you get in front of the mirror you know memorize a piece get in front of the mirror look yourself in the eye and if you can fool yourself if you can fool yourself that what you're saying is your own words and not written by somebody else you can act mm-hmm. but if you see if you can tell right. that you're faking it if you can tell that you're acting right then so then everybody everybody else will else I I was able to do that in in college. I could look at myself in the mirror and convince myself that I was feeling an emotion that I wasn't really feeling. So that's the first, that's the test. That was my test. If they pass that. If you pass the test of fooling yourself. Go for it. You can fool anybody.
1: And just, you know, that's the thing. I think most people don't, you know, because you're going to have failures. I mean, you you just mentioned you didn't get all the parts that, you know, you wanted to. You're like, well, hey, that's, so there's a lot of failures. You have to be thick skinned in that business, don't you?
2: If, if it's that important to you, to me, it was just the way I made my money. My right. life, the people I love, the people that love me, my family, that's everything to me. That's yeah. my
1: world. Right. Acting was just the way I paid the bills. Absolutely. That and the vols. You yeah. Know. Well, vols a lot I, more important. For than free. Than he did it for free. I can't tell you how awesome this has been, David. I, oh, I really appreciate yeah, you coming much. in. True. And we'd love to Thanks have you back me. as well. You know, you can, you know, come back anytime you want. All right. right? Well, we want to thank David Keith for coming in on this Vol Nation series. We've got a great last segment lined up with our special guest, Ann Brock. And we'll tell you more about that right after these messages. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard any size that you want, and that's what he does. He can help design a plan for you and your garden. Call Josh today at Home Harvest, and that's at 865-712-2745. Home Harvest, 865-712-2745.
6: Market realities in the housing market are making this a great time to buy. Home prices are right. Rates are rock bottom low. It's time to act. But you need a company primed to help you take advantage of the great opportunity. That company, Mortgage Investors Group. Refinancing. First, let's talk about that. What if you could take your 30-year mortgage and turn it into a 15? You could save hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mortgage Investors Group can get it done with payments close to your 30. That way, your house can be paid off before the kids finish high school. If you're a first time home buyer, you're going to love mortgage investors group. They have programs where you don't have to make a huge down payment. Plus their information is accurate and reliable and they get their deals done in 30 days or less. Best in the state for 10 years running. Go to their great new website, migonline.com, and find one of the 18 locations closest to you. The opportunities are real. The American dream is within reach. Let's get started. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Equal housing lender, mortgage license 109111.
4: Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call. 777-1040 or visit our website at tanox.com.
3: Fall is a wonderful time in Tennessee. Temperatures begin to cool. Leaves begin to turn. UT football. And truthfully, what's more fun than raking leaves with your family and letting your kids run through the piles? Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you make these precious memories come true for you. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, we have the loan to fit your needs. So call us today, 1-800-489-8910, or visit us online at MortgageInvestorsGroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group. Your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Are you in the market to purchase a new home? Many first-time homebuyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing
5: Development Agency.
3: THDA offers 30-year fixed rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org.
0: D-O-double-G, Maybe kicking I, the sticks, back of a or an Asian massage parlor.
6: Me, baby. Well, you, you you get it with iHeartRadio, 1500 stations
1: all in one. Go to iHeartRadio.com or download the free app for your mobile phone or tablet. iHeartRadio.com.
7: Stay connected to newstalk 98.7 with iHeartRadio.
0: Listen closely. If you own a business, you're losing customers without a good website. You're losing customers if you have a website and no one knows about it. People want information fast. They Google. You need to be at the top of that first page. If your business doesn't show up there, you owe it to yourself and all the work you put into that business to call SlamDot. SlamDot. You've heard Dave Folk talk about what a great job they've done for him. Call SlamDot at 238-5600. Websites that work. Support that can't be beat. 238-5600. SlamDot.com. For today, look for bright sunshine through some scattered clouds with low humidity. High temperatures top off at 79 degrees. From the VLT Local 8 Weather Center, I'm
6: Chief Meteorologist David Aldridge.
7: At no point am I saying turn off what you know about
6: me. The latest news.
7: There are legal constraints for how you can spy on Americans. For the first time in British history,
6: we've got a baby who is Half Royal every day on News Talk 987 WOKI?
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again,
3: Kevin Ray. We have 80,000, 80,000,
5: 80,000 chemicals in commerce.
3: Companies are free to put a chemical on the market with zero information about its health or safety properties. You look at some of the things that are on store shelves today and you
7: Can't believe it. We have products on the market and nobody knows if they're safe or not, and nobody's testing it because they don't have to. I don't want to take the chance of buying something that could be really bad for my family.
0: Well, that's the gang. Chances are you bought them already.
1: (laughs) 80,000 chemicals in our body? Now that scientists can test for a few hundred of those, they've found that babies are born pre polluted with at least 200 toxic chemicals in their cord blood. If you've had a baby before, you know what that is. Today, we're meeting a dad who wondered why we have all of these chemicals in in our bodies and how they got there primarily. Um, So he did this movie. It's a documentary. And we want to welcome in Ed Brown, who's sharing with us about the making of unacceptable levels. Ed, thank you so much for joining us.
7: It's it's my pleasure. I really is. I I love love talking about this subject. And, of course, talking to anybody from Tennessee. uh, Everybody's so sweet and so nice in that entire state.
1: That's right. Well, and, you know, Ann Brock, who's with Flower Sack Mama, she is our kind of our resident specialist and expert, and she helped to put all of this together. And Mortgage Investors Group and the Housing Hour is tickled to death and so excited about helping to bring a premiere of this movie to Knoxville. So we're very excited about partnering with you. And so, you know what? Why don't we jump in, actually, and talk a little bit about specifically the movie? And, you know, the lead-in talked about the 80,000 chemicals. First of all, I mean, that, that's crazy in my mind. And, and I watched the trailer. How in the world did they all get into our bodies?
7: Well, that's a great question. And, of course, that's where we have to start this conversation. Uh, with an inventory of over 80,000 chemicals in our system of commerce today, and these are all synthetic, man-made chemicals. Uh, our body really doesn't know how uh, to deal with many of these. And, of course, there's a lot of different pathways as to how they get into our bloodstream. And, of course, in, even in the trailer, how, and how you explained so eloquently earlier, how they're getting into our kids, most importantly. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of chemicals out there. And uh, there isn't really a facet of our society uh, anymore today that can operate uh, without the use of chemicals in one way or another. Um, and of course, what this film is exploring is uh, how the system came to be, uh, how our kids are polluted, how our bodies are polluted, and so again, this is going into the pathways, as to how they got into us. And that's really how. And, and it was a, through a personal tragedy. Uh, my wife had her second miscarriage out of three pregnancies that uh, that gave me a reason. Uh, as an asthmatic, and I was born with a cataract, and my wife has Crohn's disease. and uh... all of my grandparents died from cancer i mean so all this stuff led to me uh... going out on a journey and, and making a film explaining helping to at least ask a lot of important questions and helping to explain a little bit about how chemicals get into us
1: well you know that's a good point and 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 i gonna have you jump in here in just a second but you know my thought is is that in your in your trailer you really played with the emotion Of my emotions and it said you know why does it have to be only when someone gets sick someone has cancer and you had those little children and the close-ups of those kids that don't know any better they have no idea what's being put into their bodies so why is it as a society as a government a community you you know these are not i mean yeah i guess they're all new scientifically proven things but what's going to move the needle what is it going to take for us to get something done about this? I mean, this is a good start, this documentary certainly, but what else can we do?
7: Sure, well, that's a great question. What's gonna move the needle? You would think that a statistic of one in every two men and one in every three women who will have cancer in their lifetime would be enough evidence for us to sit back and say, what is going on? When you have one in 88 children, to have autism in this society, we have to sit back and say, something is happening environmentally because our, gen- our genes simply do not change that quickly to allow us to understand it in that sense. So in an unscientific filmmaker kind of way, I sit back and say, all right, well, you need to build awareness. You want everybody to be aware that this is happening. And then as we work with government, we work with companies to phase out things and to try to make the world a cleaner place. And because... Here's the thing, is it, is it going it, to, if, if you want to say, say a great hypothetical, how about one in every one, <laughs> how mm. about 100% of the population will encounter cancer in their lifetime? Will that be enough to make that kind of a difference in that sea change that is necessary so we understand what synthetic chemicals are doing inside of us? Let's hope not. Yeah. But basically, you know, we're a consumer-driven society, so that's what I want to do. You know, at least you can do something for yourself right now today. Um, and, and your buying power has a lot to do with
5: that. Well, Ed, as a mom, I'm somewhat encouraged that the American Academy of Pediatrics is publicly saying we need to update the Toxic Substances Control Act, and we need to improve these policies. And this, the American Academy of Pediatrics has been publicly saying there is a link between a lot of these things in our environment and these health problems. And even if we don't have all the answers, it's good to hear that you have a pediatrician who is so popular, Dr. Alan Green, actually in the documentary, and he discusses that environmental link between health and our children. So that's really powerful, isn't it? Can you talk about how more and more of the leading pediatricians in our country are getting on board and they're finally, even though it's late to the game, they're finally starting to help get that good information out to help empower parents.
7: The thing about pediatricians that most people don't understand is that they're on the front line of this problem. They're seeing this literally every single day. And so whenever you talk to somebody like Dr. Alan Green, who had his reservations at the beginning, but certainly has understood over the course of a decade or more of research, he's starting to understand just like everybody and of course Alan is one of the great uh one of the great touchstone innovators whenever it comes to understanding more about this problem the pediatricians are dealing with this every day there's another individual named uh, Dr. Paul Winchester who I dealt with at uh, St. Francis Hospital in Indianapolis he's also with Indiana University and uh you know he he is a neonatologist and he has seen his business explode and he, said, and he said, quite frankly, I am the guy, as a neonatologist, that you want out of business. But the fact that his business is booming has given rise to a tremendous amount of pause and, of course, of, of fierce understanding and rigorous research that is going on all the time to try to understand, what, 200 chemicals or even more. You see, they only knew that there were 200 chemicals in the core brother of children because that's all they tested for. Now there could could there be ten thousand possibly? Could there be fifteen thousand possibly? But that's all they had enough money to spend on this study for. So it could be even a lot more than that. So as we understand that, that's that's really, uh, it's really powerful. You have to have that. You have if you're going to do a documentary, you have to have it backed up by great science and great resources and top minds. And we were really pleased to to have Dr. Alan Green, and can't say enough. I can't thank him enough for all the work that he's doing every single day. So those are the types of people. like Linda, Linda Birnbaum from the National Institute of Health, she's the director of uh, the environmental program there. And, you know, she was at our screening at the Capitol uh, of, just a little over a week and a half ago. And, you know, I, so these are people in government <laughs> facilities that are understanding that this is a real thing and it's a real problem. So we really have to do
5: something about it. Well, Ed, you inspire me as a dad. You inspire me as a guy who loves sports and loves his kids and is not ignoring that this is important. You and Kevin both so impressed me. I'd love to hear you guys talk about this as because you're both really role models for those other dads that need to just pay attention to this. You know, my husband might not read a book about this subject, but I think he might like to go to the movies with me and I might have to tell him it's a David Keith movie to get him there. But I I need him to see unacceptable levels because I need him to understand that this is important. What do you think, Kevin?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and congratulations, by the way, on on your recent uh, the recent birth of your of your child.
5: Thank uh, you.
1: Congratulations on that. And, you know, you, you also on, in the film, you talked about experiencing the tragic loss and having the miscarriages, um, you know, and, and so you had uh, a, a real life situation come up where there's probably a good chance it had something to do with our environment. I'd say it probably did. Um, but why is it, and this is something I always think about, why is it that some kids are not affected, but others are?
7: There was a great example by an individual who was just with me the other day in Nashville. and from Vanderbilt uh, University. Karoli Murnix. And uh, he said this, and I thought this encapsulated it so well. He said, you know, bee stings aren't a big deal to most of us. It hurts a little while, and then it goes away. Bee stings in society aren't a big deal unless you're allergic to bee stings mm. and you could die. So all of our bodies, and he said with 80,000 chemicals out there, you know, we are all in the 1% in one way or another fitting into one of those categories somewhere along the way. And I thought the way he said it was so eloquent and so beautiful because I thought I couldn't ever encapsulate it that well. We're somewhere. Our bodies, is, we're all different. We're all unique in many, many ways. We're all the same in many ways as well. But the way we are, we're all going to react to things differently, take a look at allergies when it comes to food allergies. Some people are definitely allergic to peanuts. Most of us aren't. So that's why most of us don't sit back and fear peanuts unless right. you're allergic to peanuts.
1: That's so a how good point. do you
7: know? So when, what, what an endocrine disruptor, what a carcinogen, what, what any of these chemicals are going to do that are in synthetic and out in our, in our system of commerce, what they're going to do to you, it's very difficult to say. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to live in fear, but it means you certainly should be aware of what's going on. And this is a very dire situation for everybody.
5: Yeah. Well, we are so glad to have the director, Ed Brown, of Unacceptable Levels. And this documentary, which has been in New York, it's been in L.A., it has won awards. And it's coming to Knoxville, Tennessee, for one night only on Tuesday, October 22nd. And thanks to Mortgage Investors Group and the Housing Hour, they are making the first 50 tickets. And you need to get online and get these really quick because they're going to go fast. The first 50 tickets are going to be at the special reduced price. After that, we can't give you such a great price. Uh, and you need to go to the Unacceptable Levels website. To find those, and of course, we'll have links at the Housing Hour. I'm sure I'll have more information um, at flowersackmama.com. But that is October 22nd at 7:30 p.m. It's at the Carmike Winsong 16 on North Peters Road, and we are so pleased to have, as well as co-hosts, Three Rivers Market, who'll be doing some special promotions, and N.Y.R. Organic Independent Consultants. We'll even have some fun door prizes at the evening of the of the uh, screening from smart toys and books everybody loves them and so they, as long
1: as they don't have the chemicals in their products they
5: have a lot of smart choices for Good. parents they do they have All a right. lot of the great natural alternatives and those toys that parents are looking for
1: yeah and i guess i don't get why sorry mark i did, um i don't get why we are even allowing for these products to even be sold in the united states that's i mean in in these i think people who are are decision makers they they hide behind the the glass and they they don 't want to talk about it. Senator Alexander is one that has been proactive, I think somewhat. But that I just don't I don't get how we can actually when it's been proven the backpacks, they cause sexual deficiencies or whatever. It's just a link. Why why are they still in backpacks? Yeah, well,
5: it it gets really complicated, doesn't it, Ed? I mean, and and, and maybe we can change public policy, but maybe we have to right now just vote with our dollars and we have to get informed. And when we go to the store, we buy that safer product.
1: But it, it has to do with lobbyists as well. Right, Ed?
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, yeah, as far as what the federal government's going to do, or even our national or, or, or our state government or local governments or anything like that, um, it's, it's difficult to say. What, I mean, we all know how, how politics works. It's going to be a difficult um, elephant to get off the dime. So, what it comes down to for all of us, we can do something about it today. We can't do everything right now, but we can certainly do something about it.
1: Well, Um, yeah, and what we can do is we can go to unacceptablelevels.com, buy your ticket, and then take that and send it out to all of your friends and tell them about it. And then, you know, there's going to be a wave against this movie as it becomes more and more popular. I mean, you can already see that happening. Um, There's going to be those out there who don't want to get this message out. They're going to do everything in their power to shut down this movie and its popularity because it means for them loss of billions of dollars potentially so what we have to do as a society is to put our big boy pants on and get out there and promote this cause mark sorry well just i love it
7: i love it i i I could have said that better
1: ed how's the movie been received
7: uh you know overall it's been received very well people who have gone to the theater to see it and like in nashville we had a standing ovation i i've never seen it a more boisterous crowd than in nashville they were out of the seat and they were cheering and i I was kind of overwhelmed at the moment.
1: Well, that's um, you know, awesome. And for
7: the most part, I think people they're, they they like it. They go away from the film and they they feel like they have to make a difference in their own lives. They have to do something yeah. immediately. And I think most of the time they're changed, and that's exact. And that's accomplishing. My goal as a filmmaker, as a catalyst for change and trying to make a difference, that's yeah. exactly the, the result I was looking
1: well, for. Well, Ed, that is awesome. We're going to do everything we can to promote this show. Go to TheHousingHour.com. You'll get LinkedIn to purchase the tickets. The first 50 will be discounted on behalf of mortgage investors and The Housing Hour. And I tell you what, Ann Brock, I want to appreciate you. I will tell you, I thank you for bringing this, this the, to our attention. Um, and we also want to thank David Keith and Mark Griffith, our co-hosts. Ed, we got to go right now, but thank you. And we'll see you next time right on the Housing Hour.